0: Uh, or, uh, it's early July 2019, uh, and my game of the week is not Sigil.
1: This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Age of Wonders 3.
2: And this is Jason McMaster, and my game of the
0: week is by far not Sticks and Bones.
2: Ooh. What,
0: a- what about Mordhau? Is that, is that your game of the week, McMaster? Mordhau.
2: No, I, I like Mordhau, but uh, I do all agree right. with all the, the articles about him. All right, like have fun
1: playing Mordhau. All
0: right. Wait, oh, is that whoa. how
1: you pronounce it? Mordhau? Yeah, Mordhau.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mordo. Oh. No, okay. no you got you to gotta hit that last syllable. It's Mordhau. Uh, I don't think oh. you really have to you hit that You don't just go Mordo. It's, Mordo. it's not Mordo. It's not like Bordeaux, like a region of France. It's Mord. How. Right, yeah, exactly. And how. Put a little guttural <sighs> emphasis on that H. Like yeah, You're going to hawk was. up a loogie, which is fitting for the folks who made that game. Yeah. That's my sentiment. <sighs>
1: Mord Heil.
0: Oh. Yo-ho! Nick, Nick Diamond, you just won the internet. <laughs> oh, damn! That was that was hard. Oh my God. Well, now that the internet has been won, uh, let's talk about games that we are playing. Nick Diamond, as the winner of the internet, what are you playing these days?
1: I uh, I've been sucked into Thea Two: The Shattering.
0: Wow. Okay, that's like that weird strategy game that uh doesn't quite belong in any single genre but takes a little bit from everywhere. Is that it? It
1: does. Yeah, it's super weird. The 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 I guess my elevator pitch would be mm. uh that first turn in civilization when you're just a settler looking for a place to found a city mm-hmm. if your whole game was that. <laughs>
0: So you don't ever get to where you're researching uh, airplanes or launching nukes or, or getting to the space race in Thea? That's not part of Thea? No, you're you sure get, not. <laughs> how about gunpowder? Can you get gunpowder?
1: I, I don't think so. Uh, okay. It's it's more... I mean, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, Thea 2 The Shattering is uh, the sequel to Thea The Awakening. It's made by a tiny indie uh, studio, Muha Games... I guess they did Flash games before. They're based in the UK and Poland. Mm -hmm. They got like five or six people. Like, they're really tiny. Um, The first one was kind of a little breakout success uh, based on the fact that it it sort of mixed uh, a Master of Magic approach with uh, Mm -hmm. card battles. Um, right,
0: I do remember that part of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of the interesting thing. It was like, "Oh, you went into the tactical battle, but it was a card battle, like a little building deck card battle game." Um not very complicated, not uh super engaging, but it you know, it was enough. It was like you would never break that card battle off as its own game. It was mm-hmm. never going to be a gwent situation, right? Uh Thea 2 the Shattering just kind of doubles down on that and then makes it so that the first part of that game the part where i said you're you're just a settler <laughs> wandering around the landscape trying to craft enough food to survive to get to where you need to go to found a city
0: do you did once you like is founding the city the end game or or, or is that part of just playing in the course of normal thea is you found a city and keep playing
1: yeah, you find found a city and you keep playing, but the like the crafting and the gathering and l- like the uh, again, it would be that part in a civilization game where you send workers out to do things. Okay. This this is your managing teams of dudes to go out and gather and fight and and kind of nurture your little struggling village. It's very it's got a very weird. Uh, Eastern European vibe.
0: So is it kind of like resource management? Like, okay, I'm still dealing with, like, lumber and stone and cloth? You are.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lot of that. Uh, But it's... uh, But then it's got, like, story beats in it. Like, there's a weird little gremlin troll dude that's talking you through the campaign. Um, is the campaign the don't... only way to
0: play it, or can you just say, forget the campaign, no, no, I'm going to start... Yeah,
1: to... you okay. can say, poop on the campaign and just go random. Uh, But it, it, even in the random side, it's got, like, little story quests that will pop up and like, you go into cities and instead of, instead of just going straight to a tactical battle, you, you know, as, as you would in like age of wonders three, uh, you might have a little role playing bit where you, Oh, your your guy now has to talk to the village leader and there's a test of wills or, or, or intelligence to try to get past him. And it's, it's all very, uh, Odd and unexpected. It's if you're into strategy games, this is very different. I, I've never played anything that's quite like this experience.
0: How how friendly is it? Like if I just sit down and start playing, is it going to be a game where I'm going to be banging my head against it for a while? Is it is it accessible and welcoming?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it's about fifty fifty. I'd say it's okay. It, it, there's if you go through the campaign, there's a tutorial series in the. Menu that you can do little scenarios Um, They teach you the basics crafting gathering how to do the actual tactical battle how to move on the overland map etc And then the campaign if you play it like the you know the beginning is sort of that Kind of extended tutorial with the little troll dude kind of walking you through the different quests Oh, you need to go over here now go check this out. Hey while you're doing that go ahead and make me some food You know, oh, this is what food does for your people by the way Blah, blah 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 um so it helps you through, but there's a lot of information that it doesn't tell you. And it kind of leaves you to discover, uh, you know, on your own. Like, like there are certain points at which you'll get uh, new followers for your band or whatever. And you have no idea. Like, what does this stat do? Why do I want more of this stat over this stat? What mm-hmm. is, you know, this guy is better at gathering. Why? This guy's better at fighting. Why?
0: Isn't this stuff tool-tipped, or is there any way to find this stuff out?
1: It it is. It is all tool-tipped, but there's so much of it that it's really hard to get a handle on. It's, It's just a fire hose of information thrown at you right in the front.
0: As long as there's information in that fire hose stream, I'm happy to stand in front of it. As long as there's a lot for me to read there. <laughs> I don't mind quantity as long as it's all explained. It can it can go ahead and shoot me with its fire hose. Yeah. Um so uh are you is there also like hero upgrade is there an RPG element to it?
1: There is an RPG element. Yeah. Okay. You you upgrade your little dudes and you give them you, you got the little paper doll where you give them armor and wands or weapons and gathering tools and pets.
0: Oh, pets. I love having pets. Okay. Like familiars and whatnot. Sweet. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, cats, crows,
0: boys. All right, I have two questions for you here. When you're playing, do you ever get the sense of, okay, this is too much. They could have cut this out and nothing would have been lost. Do you ever get the sense that there's just a bunch of junk thrown in without any – Meaningful thought or design philosophy in terms of how the different systems and components interact. Does it ever feel like too much, and some of it might feel might be superfluous?
1: I haven't gotten that feeling yet. Okay. Uh, I'm about twenty hours in. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of thought behind how the different syna- systems interact. I would say they could have slimmed or streamlined those components of the system, though. So, for example, crafting, like when you go to the crafting screen, there are a million crafting components that just get popped at you right in the face. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I think a more seasoned developer would probably have started you out with a simpler set and, you know, maybe grown forward and then not at all had as many as they do. I think The that's, ingredients are kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, that's the sort of thing that I think really sets apart a lot of veteran versus rookie developers, is I think veteran developers understand that they have to cut stuff, that the, the, the cutting things, is it falling in love with certain features, putting it in there just because you made it, is almost never a good idea. Uh, right. Veteran developers, I think, are more willing to winnow down a design. Whereas uh, I think new developers think, yeah, 100 crafting credits, that's better than 10 crafting components. That's better than 10 crafting components. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I have to I have to say, I, I would also like to give a shout out to our great uh, forum member, Nezri, who is pretty much the expert in Thea and Thea 2. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think she, she's she got a million posts in both threads where she really digs deep into the systems. Uh and I, I don't think I would have made it as far as I would have without reading through some of her posts.
0: She's your Thea Yoda.
1: Yes, yeah, she is. She is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always helpful to have someone who has, like, enthusiasm and know-how uh, who can keep a thread going to really keep you engaged in a game. Uh, yeah. So you can go somewhere and ask a question and not only get an answer, but get an answer from someone who's enthusiastic about the game. Yeah, it goes a long yeah. way.
1: It's a, it's a huge help. It's a huge help.
0: Okay, my final question for you. What is a Thea? Why is it named what it's named? What is that?
1: Uh, I think it's the land. (laughs) It's funny because they haven't actually told me. (laughs) Huh. Okay. I think it's the name of the planet or the land or Earth or whatever.
0: Alright. Thea. Okay. You'd think that they might... Might share that with you at some point, McMaster. It's got crafting. Doesn't that make you want to play it? Come on, Master. You can take a a, a wooden stick and a, a rock and make a hammer, and then you can take that hammer and and smack away at a boulder to get iron ore, and then you can make a shovel with which you can dig for coal, and then you can forge iron and make a sword.
2: I mean, I could just beat you to death in my fists, too. That's what I do in some (laughs) lives. My mitts.
0: All right. Well, Master, I know you've got way more patience for that sort of crafting nonsense than I do. Uh, (laughs) As a matter of fact, I'm going to go so far as to guess. We didn't discuss any of this before we recorded, but I'm going to guess that whatever game you're going to talk about right now has crafting.
2: You know, you're actually oddly going to be disappointed because because, uh, the game I'm going to talk about is not Final Fantasy XIV, which I thought I I considered talking about, but I haven't played enough of it yet, and I want to play with a new expansion before I do, so whatever. Um, I think really there's
0: nothing quite so trenchant as uh, PlayStation 3 games. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. I, I, I look forward to hearing it's, about Final Fantasy XIV. Well, you
2: have to admit it's a nice-looking game for coming out on the
0: PlayStation 3. It's like the weirdest thing, that freaking game. Well, all anyway. I saw when you streamed it is you guys were down in a dungeon, so I can't really say. Like, I, does it have uh, it cool is. landscapes and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. It, it's okay. really like an attractive game for coming out like six years ago. Right, for the PS3. Um, Not just six years ago on a PC, no. but six years ago for the PlayStation 3, right? It yeah. might. Yeah, yeah. It has been overhauled completely, though, right? Like, it's still, like, yeah. haven't they done, like, a 2.0 engine rebuild or something? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. that was, yeah, that came out a few years ago. It was called A Realm Reborn.
0: Okay, uh, so it's a little unfair to call it a PS3 game. I just, I like wielding that as a cudgel against people who are playing.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. No, I understand. It's
0: fun. And, and it has crafting, I bet. Oh, yes, it most certainly does.
2: Outrageous <laughs> amounts of crafting.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so I'm wrong, apparently. You're not going to talk about a game with crafting. I don't know what's left. What kind of other things um, do you play?
2: So, a game I've been playing a lot of lately is Dota
0: Underlords, uh, which is like auto chess. Ah. Um, okay, Nick, what is that noise? What? Why did Nick? Why are you making that noise, Nick? What is that? I, I, I for
1: some reason, I thought either Dota Underlords or TFT or any one of the auto chess ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's my mo lately. Um, So I have no no idea what you guys are talking about when you say auto-chess. Talk to me like I'm a small child. Okay. What is going on? What is auto-chess? What does that
2: even mean? So you know how Blizzard's a huge fan of letting people make mods, mod maps and Mm -hmm. stuff? So, you know, that's where Dota came from. Well, uh, Dota 2 also allows you to make mods, being part of that Warcraft kind of, I guess, uh, legacy. They wanted to, you know, do the whole... Hey, make mods and do stuff if you want in the game, like they did with Starcraft, or like Blizzard did with Starcraft. This is well. Um So somebody made this this mod called Auto Chess, and it's played on an eight by eight field. Half of it is yours, and half of it is the enemies. There's eight people involved in a game, and the way it works is, each round you either fight a neutral enemy. We'll just ignore that because it's. I mean, you just get items from that. But the the interesting part is the other rounds you play against a random player and a random player plays against your team. Now, that could be the same person, but it doesn't have to be. It kind of does. This, it randomizes who you play against and who you're going to be fighting. Mm-hmm. And the team, the only thing that really matters to you is your own fight on your own field. Because if you win that, nothing, you know, you, you, nothing happens you you win you feel good about yourself you get an extra gold uh every round you know that you win uh if you lose the the level of each of the troops left is uh added up and that's how much damage you take everybody has a hundred health and whoever go you know it's a multiplayer game
0: at that point so that's the very high up view well, what, Okay, so a couple of questions. What what game are you playing against each other? Defense of the Ancients, Dota?
2: No, no. That's the, that's where it comes into the weird thing, right? So it's like an eight by eight grid. Okay. And the half the half half of it is yours. And each Mine round. Mine with the seven other players. No, yeah. Well, yeah. But see, each player has their own field, and you oh, can look okay. at all their fields and stuff to see what they're picking. Um but each round you get the choice of five random units and depending on how there's tiers one through five and that's how much gold they cost. So when you start, mostly you could just see tier one units because that's how the game's designed. Depending on what level you are, you get to see different. You have a percentage of like rolling those units basically, and you have five to choose from and uh, your level, you start at one Um goes up to 10 total and that's how many units you can have on the field so you place units on the field and then whenever one of the rounds happens your units fight the enemy's units but you don't you just watch you set them up in in different formations and stuff to hopefully counter what you're you know what the enemy's done now that usually doesn't happen till later in the game because you're you know there's not a lot going on in the early game there's only a few troops on the field and you there's eight you know seven other people when people start to fall out it's easier to kind of predict who you're going to fight against or and kind of build your armies to counter them um but the the real nitty-gritty of it is they're all this in this game auto chess and dota underlords they're all dota champions and they um, they all have different like we'll say race plus class combinations and there's other characters in the games with those races and classes and mix and match and they uh, create synergies which give all of your inner you know your guys little bonuses like uh, a lot of times I'll play range or hunters I guess they're called and warriors and warriors give other warriors more armor and hunters give uh, other hunters a chance to fire three shots instead of one so they have little synergies like that and you mix and match and there's a lot of different synergies
0: um now and all of these are things you've got one unit on one space in an eight by eight grid is that how you're laying all this out
2: well yeah you have one unit per one space but you can get up to 10 units in the you know on your grid Okay. But yeah, yeah, it's a one unit, It's like a checkerboard is what it looks like, or right. or a, che- a chessboard, whatever. With it, with the figures uh, that grow up. Now, there's one larger. There's one other large play mechanic. Uh, it's a combined game where you combine three units. It, it makes a two star unit. You start with one star units, and then if you can combine two or three two star units, you get a three star unit. That's as high as it goes, and it's really hard to do that because that requires nine of the same uh, figure, basically. Uh, And that's how the game progression kind of works. So you're looking to try to purchase uh, the right units and kind of figure out how you want to build your team. And then there's the bit of luck involved of, uh, are you going to have good roles involved in in your choices here? Are you going to, like, is somebody else going to pick everything up? Like, that's the other thing that's interesting. There's a finite amount, somewhat, of all of the units each time one of them is purchased it it kind of reduces the percentage that it can be rolled mm-hmm. so um you have to be mindful of what other people are playing or you're just not going to be able to complete your team um and then on top of that there's there's a mechanic about the money uh in the game um after the first few rounds uh you get five gold per round if you win you get one gold for that if you go on a winning streak you get up to I think two bonus gold and your know, losing streak can get two a uh, bonus gold as well. Like if you lose enough times, they take pity on you. Um, and, uh, you know, then you get interest per 10 golds you have on hand. So there's this, there's this kind of this meta where people will lose a bunch at the beginning to get up to like 50 gold and then, uh, sit there and just live off the interest in case they have an emergency where you need to buy a bunch of units or
0: do whatever. Um, over what period of time are we talking here is this like in, in the course of one match or over your whole career playing oh, auto no, the whole the whole
2: match so as I said it goes in rounds uh, there's so much to the freaking game um, so uh, let me
0: think of how to describe it <laughs> <laughs> Nick have so... you played this thing do you know this game or you just heard of it I've played the TFT which is
1: the League of Legends version and i've played dota underlords
0: is underlords how, how is that related to auto chess it's a variation it is, of it
1: it is the yeah it's auto chess it's the
0: right it's riot's game oh, oh okay your,
2: okay t, yeah team for a uh, team fight tactics i think so it's called i haven't played yeah it. that's it that's it yeah Wait, I have, master I is this
0: it. is this something that's appealing to moba players specifically uh, i mean no. aside from the
2: no okay no, it's a strategy game in in ways. It's there's not a lot of twitch reflexes. I, I like that you just implied
0: that mobas aren't strategy games. I I well, wholeheartedly I, support that comment. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I'm with you.
2: I, I mean, there's <laughs> strategy evolved, but yeah, it's not a strategy game though. It's not mm-hmm. you're not putting pieces on the board, you right. know, to or like whatever. But yeah, it. it uh, so it's deceptively
1: strategic.
2: I would say right. Like, it's kind of hard to describe in a way. Yeah,
1: like as a new person without a lot of familiarity with Mo- the MOBA games they're based on, right? Like the Dota and whatever. It, it, like playing it the first time through felt really, I'm just going to say, it just felt dumb. It, it very much felt like auto as in the auto chess was yeah. very dominant. Like, I just, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just randomly buying shit, throwing it on a board, mm-hmm. and they're steamrolling me, and I, well, whatever. <laughs> Cause there's no explanations. Um, right. But yeah, I think, I, I think Jason's right. Like, when you get into it, it becomes very
0: strategic are you constantly it's all it's only multiplayer like is there a way to practice against bots or anything No no or? there
2: there is under I don't know about T5 Taxis. underlords has bots um, but yeah
1: underlord does
2: Yeah it's uh and it's interesting it's a free game so like you know even if you want to I think they have a tutorial now uh you know
0: So, so real but, quick yeah. when you're saying Dota Auto Chess is that the same thing as Dota Underlords is Dota Underlords a form of an Auto Chess game
2: So Auto Chess is the first... Dota Auto Chess is the is the mod right so they took that and made it into a phone game and valve made their version available just uh, available on steam but it's set through dota 2 or it's a it's set in dota 2 um and theirs is looks wise probably closer to auto chess or by far closer to auto chess than team fight tactics but i think team fight tactics keeps more of the rules I think dota underlords is much more streamlined uh as compared like just from watching people play like it seems like they they kept a lot of the same stuff that goes on in the auto chess mod, which is where I started playing it uh it's uh and I played it a good bit, but like i I actually really like dota underlords um so you know it it comes down to uh, the winning the games is it's, it's strange the strategies that you that are employed. You have to just play basically to understand the different synergies that you run into. Uh,
0: God, sorry, it's just really bizarre. <laughs> it sounds like you bit off more than you can chew. Well, I,
2: I'm just trying to I hate missing a part of an explanation of a game and I feel like I'm missing something um but okay well let me just we'll just talk about the strategy part then so as i said you could look at other people's boards and um the basically everything does have a counter in that game for instance the warriors they have a lot of armor or knights have a lot of you know have a lot of resistance
0: is all Uh, this just fantasy stuff or i guess they're dota characters
2: yeah so uh warriors for instance um you know, uh, are for people that like Dota, or the, there's characters like Axe or Juggernaut or Pudge, which Pudge has been in like every game ever, I think, at this point. Um, it's like the Warcraft three abomination. Um, and, and those synergies, uh, those those guys, like I said, have extra armor, and, and they're tough to deal with. Say if you if you have an assassin team, assassins can't you know, do enough damage to kill a tank in a quick amount of time. Uh, so they're, they're obviously countered there, but the, the tanks or the warriors specifically don't have a lot of magic resist. So they get kind of hammered by by any sort of magic. And it, it has that kind of, that kind of different, like rock, paper, scissors, uh, approach to a lot of the synergies. And there's just like a lot of stuff you could do. There, there's just like a lot of stuff to keep uh, track of. Um, one thing that uh, let's see that that Nick, you know, you were talking about not being a fan of the genres. Now, one thing that that it does make easier knowing League of Legends and Dota is the characters, obviously. Um, otherwise, you don't. It's not really that necessary of a of a of a game knowledge to have. You know? Yeah,
1: you. It, I, I would say that at least for Underlords, it's it's a lot more friendly to new players, and it. Uh, The watching the games play out, because, I mean, really, that's what you do, (laughs) is watch the games play out. Um, It really didn't take long to kind of figure out, oh, I see, this demon character will, you know, typically go forward a few spaces and then blow up in a circle, and this is the pattern that it blows up in. Like, you know, you keep watching it, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it, so now I'm going to, next time I do it, I'm going to move the demon guy over here, because I want him to blow up in the center, right, maximize the explosion or whatever. You know, know.
2: I guess the part that I I feel I haven't really explained very well is the actual rounds of the game. So the auto part of the auto chess is that each of these characters have AI, uh, and the AI is how they decide how to fight in the game. And you have, as I said, the 8x8 area. Well, you have 4x8 of that to set up in. Right. And uh, in in the... um, Just as an example, the assassins. Uh, Assassins AI jumps to the very opposite side of the board and attacks the furthest away person from them. Mm -hmm. So you can set your assassins up in the back, and most of them have a movement or a teleport or something like that to get to the back. Whereas now, if I was playing against you in a later game and I was worried about that, I would put my biggest tank that doesn't do a lot of damage But could take a lot of damage behind all of my casters etc that are going to get killed by those assassins Mm -hmm. so you can look forward and try to decide okay well i'm worried enough about this guy to set my team up this way in case i have to fight against him because once the fight starts you can do nothing it freezes the the state of all of your characters in that point you can still shop in the store and they'll and they'll auto upgrade and stuff like that but it just will not affect your current fight yeah.
0: So it's all um, about deploying and then just seeing how that deployment unfolds with its AI against whatever AI you're being matched against.
2: Right, and, and that's the that's the thing, right? And some of them, like uh, sharpshooters, that's one of the, the the ones that have a specific AI uh, thing is they will always shoot the lowest hit point mm-hmm. uh, character on the field. Um, so, you know, you can plan out stuff like that. One that's real sneaky is trolls. Because trolls, they it spreads out through a whole lot of different classes. So it kind of just looks like a wreck when you're putting it together. It looks like, oh, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And then, like, at the end of the match, when all the shit comes together, they if you have enough trolls out there, they all get an attack speed boost. And one of their characters is this guy who is a super fast, axe-throwing troll uh, guy. who's just t- His name's Troll Warlord. So That's very... <laughs> Very inventive, but uh, they, uh, but but he's, uh, but like when he gets going, if if you level him up, it's just devastating, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's what part of the game that just fascinates me, I guess, is like you see eight different people playing a game, and you see eight different strategies, and none of them are really that wrong, you know. It just depends on who's wins out and who can read where the match is going.
0: Right. Right. Is there any longer-term meta progression, or you just sit down and you play a match, and then everything resets, and you play another match?
2: uh, There's ranks, but no, there's no, like, uh, so... I'm not, like, buying
0: to level up my trolls or anything. They're not gaining experience, and they're going to be better than your trolls or anything like that.
2: So this is what I think they're going to do, and this is probably, I think, the best way to monetize a game like that, is I think they're going to do the season pass thing like they do with Dota, um, where you purchase a season pass, it goes, for Dota, It part of it goes into the prize pool for their tournaments. Uh, and you get little, you know, like skins and stuff like that. And little, like, oh, if you play 40 matches, you get this skin is unlocked, you know, and stuff like that. So right. it's little little achievements and skins. And I'm fine with that. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, Teamfight Tactics, the, the Riot one, they kept the, like, original auto chess, you have, like, a little dude that runs around on the field and uh picks stuff up and all that it's just you know whatever and and you can get like different little cute little characters and team fright tactics keeps that so there's poros and stuff so yeah i know that's how they monetize it is selling you know acute skins and stuff like that um and i'm sure that dota underlords will sell different like boards and crap like that too so whatever but but yeah, no, it's, and I feel, I apologize to any auto chess fans listening uh, and pounding their head into a wall somewhere, <laughs> listening to me talk about it, but uh I, uh yeah, it, it's a tough game to describe, but there's, it's given me a lot of game time for not a lot of, uh, not a lot of upfront, you know, I just had to kind of read it originally and yeah play play as you go it's pretty fun. Uh, is
0: this doing well is it is it is it popular oh, yeah. or is it doing better than their their uh ill It's the faded it's the card new game? MOBA. Okay, the new MOBA. All right, well that's what I was wondering. Huh. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, dude, what was it? Somebody on the forum I think was like said something about this is where their artifact team went <laughs> like <they laughs> put it straight on uh, uh, straight on auto chess directly <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, it's uh it's uh it's incredibly popular, as far as I can tell, between the two games. You know. Uh, and are you and officially
0: auto- recommending Dota Underlords over Teamfight Tactics? So, mm-hmm. here's the mm-hmm. here's the difference. I haven't played Teamfight Tactics, so I don't know.
2: I just don't like the way it's set up. Instead of the grid, it's like some weird kind of hexagon thing with left and right, and uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot more. It's a lot less straightforward i feel mm-hmm. than underlords so i just i don't know uh I, maybe i'll like it and love it but for right now if the two i suggest underlords
0: who knows nick you said you, you've played team fight tactics are you officially recommending team fight tactics over dota underlords
1: no i'd have to do a dota <laughs> underlords as well I, I at least for a new player right, right. new guy jumping in i uh, go dota underlords
2: well, it has a tutorial. It has bots that are easy to play against and yeah. different challenge levels. So you could just sit there and, like, rail against the bots forever if you want and not have to worry about getting any sort of trash talk. Also, oddly, why does Teamfight Tactics have chat? Why would any game have chat? Like, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. So that you
0: can abuse people and tell them that, they're, right. yeah, that, they're- they-, that they suck.
2: Right, and that's, and that's why. It's like, I'm like, okay. But Dota else, has the, the how chat. How else are
0: you going to talk trash? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. How else are you going to play Mordell? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, McMaster, uh, you, the, you, the, the toxicity of the riot community isn't going to spread itself. Oh,
2: that's true. I was like, Mordell, what bothers me is you can't turn off general chat. I haven't been able to figure out how to turn it off. It's like, I just don't want to see it. Uh,
0: control <laughs> F4. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm going to talk about something that uh, is a little more action-packed than you guys' silly strategy games. Oh, God. This one requires some reflexes. It, oh, boy. Uh, you have to pay attention. You have to be leaning forward in your seat. Uh, this is a, a, a game called Amid Evil. Oh. And it's basically... A oh, retro yeah, first-person shooter kind of thing that I like for four reasons that I want to talk about. Because there's a fair number of these that that are in love with the old-school Doom look and feel and Quake, and so they're gonna they're gonna emulate that. Uh, Dusk I think is a perfect example, and Dusk absolutely doesn't work for me. I do not get the appeal of Dusk. It uh it just feels hemmed in and small and intentionally aggressively retro uh yeah dusk i i've beaten my head against dusk a little bit and in, uh, no thanks there's a game similarly called strafe and strafe what hooks me about yeah. that is it's got uh, longer term almost like rogue-like progression and i like that element of it more than the moment-to-moment shooting although that stuff is fine uh a medieval on the other hand i love the moment-to-moment shooting of it the feel of it even though there's no, it doesn't have any fancy RPG elements or long-term progression, you're not unlocking anything, it's just content, and you play through it, like you used to do with Doom and Quake and Hexen and Heretic. So a medieval is a, also it's a fantasy-themed thing, so there's no shotguns, no pistol, you're not getting a minigun. Uh, it's all about crazy magical stuff, and you got four colors of mana, and each color has a couple of different weapons you can use. And that's one of the things I like about this, is each of the weapons feels distinct. There's only, I guess, eight, seven? There might only be seven. Um, and each of them has a lot of personality, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of these retro games miss is make your weapons feel unique, make them distinct. When we had Doom, we didn't have other shotguns. We didn't have little uh, machine guns. Like These these were awesome back in the day of Doom because they were the only instance of them. As as first-person shooters got more popular, everybody and his uncle has a shotgun. So a shotgun in dusk, pff, big deal, whatever. I've been shooting shotguns for, for 10, 15, 20 years in video games. What I haven't been doing in video games is throwing planets at people. And that's this is an example of a weapon in a medieval that is basically just a rocket launcher. It shoots an explosive round forward. It's, uh, it just goes in a straight line. But instead of a rocket, what happens is you pop up in a, you're holding like a, a, a bracket or a tuning fork kind of thing, and each time you shoot out of it, a new one grows up in a little bit, and it's a planet that grows. And it's a planet, you know, it's it's basketball-sized, but each one is a distinct planet. Like, you might have a water planet, or a toxic green planet, or you might have something with stripes, like Jupiter, or you might have something cratered, like a moon. And it's just visual. It's still just a rocket launcher, but it creates this really cool idea of, I'm a wizard, and I'm probably sucking in planets from some alternate dimension... That are smaller and then throwing them at my enemies, uh, and it just feel and there's no other rocket launcher in the game by the way. Like that's the thing that shoots the long range explosive round. Um, you also have like a you've got like electricity guns and you've got swords that basically fling out blades. Uh, but each of the weapons in this feels distinct and unique and gratifying in its own way. Uh, so that's one of the four things I really really like about a medieval. The second thing is, is really hard for me to explain because I have a hard time listen When other people talk about how movement and jumping and friction and kinetic energy and momentum feel, I don't, I don't, like I know when something feels right, but good Lord, it's like tasting a good wine. I don't think I could explain it. I just know if I like it or not. So the movement in this feels really good. Uh, and the best way I can, the best example for how I can describe this there will be times in a medieval where you know where you have to get and there are a bunch of little platforms you have to jump on to get there and in 90 percent of the games i play i would see those little platforms and i would go oh god jumping <laughs> i'm gonna fall off this 10 times i'm gonna have to get through the oh god i have to jump but a medieval i feel controls just so specifically like it's so responsive i guess that these little jumpy bits, for the most part, I can actually get through them okay. Um, so I just I love the feel of movement. Anything where I see platforms and I don't have to jump between them and I don't repeatedly die, I feel like the movement is correct. Like if I looks at some place and think, okay, that's where I want my dude to go, and my dude goes there when I move him, thumbs up on whatever movement system is going on with you know momentum, momentum and kinetic energy and friction, whatever. Uh, so I really like the movement in a medieval. I like the weapons a lot. Uh, the level design is really cool. Uh, it's got seven big old huge worlds, and each world is comprised of like, I don't know, four, five, six different sub levels. And they're all uh, built around a hub. It's basically a straight up sequence, but you've got a hub where you unlock different worlds, and you go into this world, and each world's level design uh, feels distinct. And some of the level design I've seen in one of the recent worlds actually reminded me of, and I see. I, I see this very rarely. Uh, in Jedi, I think it was Jedi Knight. Uh, there were these amazing heights. Like Jedi Knight did such a good job of creating this sense of being super high above areas. Like it, it was this kind of like groin-clenching sensation when you would look down over a cliff or walk across a little precipice. Uh, and I think a medieval gets that sense of scale and dizzying heights and vastness. Correct. Uh, so the, the level design in A Medieval just feels like, this is crazy. Who would build this? It just feels insane and alien and strange. Uh, it doesn't feel like level design that I've, I've seen before. Uh, so so I, I like exploring and discovering the different kinds of levels that they've created. And then the fourth thing I'm really digging in this is its sense of atmosphere. And that's partly to do with the level design, with the weapons. It's partly how everything comes together but I think that they've done a really good job making things feel weird and creepy and alien. Uh, and one of the ways they do this, which didn't occur to me till I was like three worlds in, they're not repeating any monsters. You know, when you play Doom, you're seeing the same monsters in the Aww. last level that you've been seeing all, all along, and that's cool because back then they only had so many assets they could work with, and they they didn't you know they couldn't make different monsters for every level. Uh, but in a medieval, each world has its own monsters, and none of them repeat. And I feel like they've done almost to the degree that Painkiller did it. They've done a good job of giving these monsters unique behaviors. Uh, so going into a new world isn't just Okay, let's see what kind of crazy level design there is here, but it's also discovering new monsters. And they dole them out over the course of the levels. You know, you'll go into a new world, and there's a new kind of monster, and you're fighting it and getting used to it. And then it'll eventually it'll introduce a second one, and then eventually a third one. And then you'll see something else that's really weird and big, and you'll think, oh, okay, this is a boss fight. But nope, it's not a boss fight, because then later you're fighting three of them. Um, so I like the sense of discovery uh, and how it adds to the weird, creepy atmosphere of a medieval. Uh, It's a little small developer. They're called – and I always have a hard time saying this word. I know what it means. Indefatigable. Indefatigable. I I have no idea how how to pronounce (laughs) it. Indefatigable. Indefatigable. Whatever. Never tired. That's the word. Never tired. Indefatigable. Anyway, they called themselves that probably just to trip me up. Uh, Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so a medieval—I I really quite like as far as this new crop of, of retro first-person shooters, and I'm really enjoying it. So
2: you know, uh, you ever like when you were a kid or something, like you eat something or do something so much you never want to eat it again for the rest of your <laughs> life? That's uh, that's how I feel about most of these um, because, mm-hmm. like, I just I was obsessed with Quake um and uh doom and you know mm-hmm. all of them uh hex and sure um but i will say this for this one just watching the movement in it I, I think i know what you're saying about it. it's like i haven't played it but to me it looks like quake's movement and quake had really good movement yeah yeah um you know yeah. it's just kind of felt
0: it's like i don't know it just the speed was right uh what, what like, is right, that even right on the edge what you know, is that even of... mcmaster like how do they what is it a matter of how fast you're moving is it a matter of like is it something to do with mouse smoothing or or what's going on that something like quake feels different than than other first person shooters do you know you, know, Can you... i think magic. that it's magic I think it's, the, <laughs> I think it's the speed and the field of view Okay. Uh, and how they manipulate those for making you feel the speed I will actually confess something here because i i don't I have never in my life changed a field of view setting so i think, i don't think I appreciate quite what it does uh um i mean i know technically what it does you know, but yeah. yeah
2: um and i do sometimes i usually kind of like to leave it at whatever they designed it to but there are some games that you just have no option there um and
0: do you do it to avoid people, nausea or because it feel the movement feels different or you just want to see more
2: yeah, I want to see more, usually. Okay. Um, some games, just, you know, whatever. It, 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 you just can't see anything until you adjust the field of view. Like, the weapons are, like, 90% of the screen or something, <laughs> you know? um, But now, this game looks really... It, it looks really attractive. Now, the, the the distinct monsters, that's fascinating. That's something I'm... And that's expect. something,
0: too, that I didn't realize. Like, I played the first... You know, the first level. Like I said, each, each world is, like, four, five, six levels. Uh, so I played through the first world. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is kind of cool. It feels great. Uh, and, and that's another thing, too, is all of the weapons you'll get in the first world. It's not doing anything like keeping the weapons from you. Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't think of the weapons as surprises. It's like, you know, okay, here's this weapon, and then you get the second one. And by the time you're three worlds in, you've seen all the weapons. Uh, huh. So that was another thing I thought, too, as well, I've played the first world. I've seen all the weapons. I know how it moves. I've seen all the monsters. But then you get into the second world, and you realize, oh, they're not repeating any of the monsters from the last world. Uh, and that's a, that's a big draw for me. They also have, by the way, real quick, they have a horde mode where it just uh randomly spawns monsters towards you. But I I intentionally haven't played because I don't want to see the monsters until uh, I see them in their native habitats. So no horde mode for uh, me.
2: I could be remembering this wrong, but it seems like... Didn't, uh, like, Ultima Underworld 2 have that kind of thing going on for it, too, where some of the monsters were only in certain worlds? And, well, I would uh, be surprised if like it that.
0: didn't, because Ultima Underworld, like, they had a sense of ecology, and their setting right. would would create... Yeah, like, I I definitely think, yeah, they. I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. It didn't seem like the kind of game that would just have the same goblins throughout. Um, yeah, you know. I love that
2: game, man. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, there we go. We've got uh, Thea two. The, what is it? The shattering. What shatters in this? The like? shattering. Yeah, what? what I, gets the shatter? planet.
1: I think the planet or the gun. Oh, con. I don't oh know, well, that I, makes no.
0: sense that it would be called Thea then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and we have again, and I, I, McMaster, to your credit, I don't really. I'm like, what? This Dota under. I, like I feel like I need to try Dota Underlords to really understand what the heck this thing is.
2: Yeah, I, I had to read in. like a number of articles about it when I first started to kind of get my head around it because it was a mod and you know had no right. idea how. The well, hell if it's it got played. a tu-
0: if it's got a tutorial, that's all I need. I, I feel like I could just jump in and uh, give this a shot. Hey, Master, can I play uh, against you? Uh, yeah,
2: actually, you can. Uh, in Underlords, you can do parties where you all play in the same eight-person match. But you need eight people. No, no, no. You can queue as a as a whatever number.
0: All right. Well, maybe I'll take a look, uh, and then uh, a medieval by indefatigable,
1: indefatigable, indefatigable.
0: <laughs> can you guys say that? Go ahead. You guys say the word as quickly as you can. Go. Indefatigable. Ah, I noticed Nick couldn't do it. Go, Nick. No, uh, it's
1: it's No, indi- <clears throat> uh, that's that's right. Close
0: enough. <laughs> All right, <it. laughs> got it. Nailed <laughs> it. I mean, why don't you just say, you know? J- 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 Stout or uh, yeah, you know doesn't don't get tired. Just call yourself that. Uh, that's yeah. that's one of those showy words. Nobody really has any business <laughs> using that word. Let's just retire it. Quit showing off. Quit hot dogging. Just use regular English. Come on. So, uh, all right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll do a board games podcast next week, and then the week after, me and Nick and McMaster will be back to talk more video games. And we'll see you guys oh, yeah. then. Cheers.